Before we get started this week, I want to tell you guys about Seasoned. When it comes to finding or filling restaurant jobs, logging into Craigslist is like diving headfirst into a dumpster fire. At Seasoned, you'll use resources, connections, and yourself to build your restaurant career in half the time. That means better jobs for proven talent, better talent for proven restaurants, and better lives for the entire restaurant community. Join today at Seasoned.co. Yep, they dropped the M to save you another second. So that's Seasoned.co. they don't fit into the, the community and what you're actually building, it doesn't make any sense and it, and it stagnates you and creates a lot of problem down the road. Uh, Gerald, of course, is the one that, that taught all of us uh, how to make the coffee, uh, teaches how to roast the coffee and quality control. Uh, most of the recipes were his invention or, or something that he learned along the way. We're trying to create a consistent excellence for the customer, whether or not they're adding something uh, or they're just taking it just regular. Um, so they can come back and enjoy it every day. You are listening to Fort Worth Food Stories, brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. All right, welcome to Fort Worth Food Stories. I'm your host, James Cringe. Today, I am joined by our inaugural guests under our new name here. Uh, I am with Gerald LaRue and Jimmy Story from Avoca Coffee. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining the show. And, and just so everyone knows your name, Jimmy, uh, I'll say hey to you first. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. <laughs> and Gerald? Hello. <laughs> uh, so you got those two voices there now. Uh, so uh, this question is for you, Gerald, to start off. Uh, you're a fifth-generation coffee farmer. Um, what was it like growing up in a coffee family, and did you always know that you were going to get into coffee one day? So growing up in coffee, uh, I was told not to get into coffee because coffee is very difficult to make a living in. Um, so I rebelled and got into coffee. <laughs> Pretty simple. All right. Um, and how did you guys meet each other um, and then come up with, with this idea to take it to the next level of not just being into coffee, but uh, actually starting your own business? Well, we met uh, first day sixth grade. Okay. So, and then uh, friends, and we felt that uh, our kind of skill sets were compatible to making a, a company. And so we joined forces, and with our powers combined, we made Avoca Coffee Roasters. Wonder Twins activate. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, so how about for you, Jimmy? Where did, where did that passion begin for you, or were you just looking to get into business? Uh, for me, it was mainly looking to get into business. Uh, Gerald had a great idea, and we were both in a position where uh, we'd been laid off from our jobs, and so we decided we wanted to be employers of men and women and everyone. So... Uh, here we are today. Yep. Uh, so, Gerald, you had worked um, all throughout DFW uh, and even uh, had worked in Alaska as well um, before opening up your own spot. What did you learn from those different places and, and what did you learn from your different bosses along the way? What to do and what not to do. Um, so, like, specifically just when to get out of employees' ways. Uh, that's a big deal for me. Uh, and when you need to, you know, offer how to motivate, how to how to train, how to develop people, um, how to build something. When you're building, you can 
create uh, a lot of structure and a lot of you know rules, but if they don't fit into the the community and what you're actually building, it doesn't make any sense and it, and it stagnates you and creates a lot of problem down the road. And so that's one of the big things that I did was was learn those processes and, and understanding how to deal with people and and I mean, I'm, I'm not the best. I'm not a great communicator, but understanding what someone's maybe trying to say is something I, you know, I learn. So, and it seems like, uh, like you said, maybe you're you're not the greatest communicator. So you kind of leave the uh, promotional and, and marketing side of things to Jimmy. Uh, so what's what's that relationship like in terms of uh, who's making the coffee every day and, and who's telling people about the coffee every day? Oh, geez. Um, well, there's a lot more integration than that. Uh, Gerald, of course, is the one that, that taught all of us uh, how to make the coffee, uh, teaches how to roast the coffee and quality control. Uh, most of the recipes were his invention or, or something that he learned along the way. Uh, he's got a lot of experience in coffee, so we lean on him pretty heavily when it comes to that. Uh, when it comes to social media, that just that aspect or, or marketing, uh, we lean on each other. Well, I throw out things, and he tells me whether he likes them or not, and vice versa. He throws out things, and I tell him whether I like them or not. And We work on them and try to make something that's presentable. All right, so you guys opened in 2011. Uh, it was when you first opened up on Magnolia. And this year, just seven years later, uh, you were featured in a book called Global Coffee Tour, uh, which featured 150 coffee shops worldwide. And you were the only ones to be featured from Texas. How much does that mean to you? And, and how, how much of validation is that for you guys? Uh, it's a huge thing. Just recently on social media, I got to meet the, uh, the writer who, uh, who did basically come through our shops and went through Magnolia and talked to the employees. And, uh, she's a regular there. Uh, and she, goes, she travels around and throws in things for, for writing for Global Planet. Uh, she had a great experience with us. She really enjoyed it. She liked the people, and she liked the coffee. And that was that's what won her over, was it was a twofold thing for her. Uh, she said a lot of places she goes into, it's, it's the coffee is great, or the uh, environment's great, or the people are great. And uh, hit a home run on all of them, she was pretty happy about that. And what about for you, Gerald, who kind of did this as a, a rebellious act, and now you're one of the 50, 150 best places in, in the world? Uh, you know, what does that mean to you? Well, I think it's, you know, I'm thankful for it. I'm thankful for I think we're all thankful for it because we're building something that's being recognized. It's, it's not just in the world, but it's here in Fort Worth. It's here in DFW. It's something that people can look to and go, wow, that's, that's really cool what they're doing. Um, and we can continue on. That's the most important thing. So saying, you know, that's awesome. Thank you. And let's keep making it better. So next time around, we're still doing, uh, we're doing better than what we did this time. Yeah, definitely. Um, the book says that the bean scene in Fort Worth uh, exists because of, of you and Jimmy. Um, are you the person I should thank for all of the great independent spots that have opened up in Fort Worth uh, within the past few years? Um, I would say there's a lot of places that came before us. Um, I worked at one of them called Four Star Coffee Bar on West 7th. Um, also, the coffee house in downtown Fort Worth. Uh, you had Panther City. You had several. You had Karma Cafe by TCU. You had a lot of uh, different scenes in, in Fort Worth. 
um, that I was all, you know, I went to and, and was part of. Um, but the current uh, iteration, I would definitely say that we definitely inspired some people to say, hey, we could do that um, or let's try and do that. We'll, we'll see how long it lasts because that's I, the more people that are enjoying great coffee, the better for everybody. So I hope everyone does well on that. Yeah, and, and I'm glad you said that. I, I kind of leads into my next question of, is there a competition between you guys, or are you just happy to see these independent coffee shops succeeding in Fort Worth? Yes. There is competition? Well, of course. I mean, <laughs> we, I'm a competitive person, so is Jimmy. We all, but knowing that there's uh, more people are coming and we're sharing it with everyone. And so it's like, hey, I went to a buddy's shop uh, just yesterday just to sit down and do some work and just say hello. And, you know, uh, we all drink our own Kool-Aid, but, you know, it's nice to drink other people's Kool-Aid, too. <laughs> it excites us to see the community growing. Uh, that's an opportunity for us also as a roaster. Uh, we can we can certainly help them out too and watch them grow and be a part of it. Uh, but at the same time, yeah, we want to we want to have more people in the stores and more people buying drinks from us too. Yeah, definitely. That that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, one of the things noted in the book is is just how good the coffee tastes. And uh, I know, uh, Gerald, you've said that you encourage people to taste the coffee before they put in cream and sugar. Why is that? Why are you so confident in your product? Well, why? Well, of course. I mean, that's it's it's what I've it's what I do. So I've got to create a product at first that is tasty on its own. Coffee in itself has not always been that way. And for us at Avoca to you know, get to the most people that want a, a first cup, a second cup, um, we've got to pay attention to that first cup without anything. Now, we've had a lot of customers that have started to stop taking so much cream, so much sugar. Sometimes they go all the way down to just drinking black coffee, which is fantastic because you know, they get to start enjoying the different flavors that coffee has and the different iterations of, of style. Um, anyway, that's, that's important that it also translates into the home, um, that we create a product that someone can take home, enjoy at their house, enjoy with their family, and they're not always having to add things to it. Uh, and it's, that's a, and they're also able to make it. Not all uh, great coffee made in a coffee shop is easily accessible to the, the home consumer um, because it's, a, it's, it's dialed in a very certain specific way. And I want to make sure that Avoca is available to the most amount of people. And how much input do you have, uh, Jimmy, into the menu? Or uh, are you always suggesting tweaks as well um, as, as the new coffees uh, come around? We generally get to taste everything. Uh, when Gerald gets in a new coffee, he'll get it as a, as a little sample. He'll sample roast it, and then they'll do cuppings. And a lot of us get to go through, not just me and Gerald, but we have other, other employees who are also, we get their input from. And uh, we all taste it. We make notes. We compare the notes later and then make judgments on, okay, yes, that's, that's the next bean that we want or not. Uh, Gerald does the final say, and... Uh, We've had pretty good luck with that since. 
Cool. Um, when I was telling one of my friends uh, that we were interview or I was going to be interviewing you guys, uh, she she wanted me to ask you why the dirty ice chai has the perfect balance of, of spice and sweet. Now I, I won't get that specific there, um, but how, you know you've talked about how you're tweaking the menu and and how long is that process um, to getting a drink perfect? Uh, we had a couple different iterations of chai in the beginning. We tried some different vendors. We're we're not uh, <clears throat> we're not the ones that actually blended the chai that we're using. Uh, we're using a, a company out of Colorado that does a fresh chai for us, and we also distribute that here in, in Fort Worth and, and Dallas. Um, it took a long time to find the right thing. We had customers who came to us and told us about chais and other places, and you, and you go and you travel around and you try different things, and you get samples from different places, and, and then you finally find something that has that right bite or that right distinction, and that's why we chose the chai we did. We wanted something that was different than uh, your normal chai. Just we, we really liked the ginger that popped out in it and liked that bite that it had. So it gets it to stand out, and you go to other coffee shops, and you know whether they're using the same chai as us. So. <laughs> that's that's interesting. I didn't think about it like that. One of the, the things is that we don't just add items to a drink. It's um, you're using a vessel that has a certain amount of volume, so it's a different ratio. And so, if we're going to make something, it's going to have specific uh, volumes in it. And so, it's it's just not a willy nilly thing. And so, what we're trying to do is that. We're trying to create a consistent excellence for the customer, whether or not they're adding something uh, or they're just taking it just regular, um, that's so they can come back and enjoy it every day. Uh, what's your process like each morning uh, when you're selecting the beans that are going to be roasted? Now, we don't roast the beans the day before, that day to, to be consumed. It takes a, several days for them to degas and, and so forth. Um, I take a sampling of what's being offered by farmers and then I choose what we can use uh, and for our customers, our customers' flavors. Because uh, our customers have a profile. Um, they want a certain flavor. They want a certain consistency. They can go more acidic sometimes. Or they want to go more bold or, or maybe a little bit sweeter in some other areas. And so I, it's just having to have that idea in my my head when I'm creating those uh, when I'm tasting those those coffees and then translating that into a roast and translating that into a recipe and then translating that into a brew it's um, it's many different steps and but it's thinking ahead to what's going to be on in someone's uh, in someone's cup way ahead of the time so it's it's quite it's quite difficult um, and you really got to hold it all in your brain at one time so that's it. It's, it's uh, you know, right now I'm sharing that information over time with Jimmy and uh, a few other select employees about how to do that. And it's, um, you know, some people you can do it, but as you start to grow um, small, smaller amounts of coffee, sure. I mean, it's pretty, pretty simple. Oh, I like this. Okay. Um, but when you're dealing with larger amounts of coffee and you're dealing with farmers that are trying to make different offerings and stuff like that, it can um, become quite difficult because you're dealing with stuff over time, um, how things are aging, how things are being prepared. And that's just something that I've 
I've had quite a bit of uh, information on in practice. And you've, uh, you know, that process itself is, is kind of a long process and, and a bit of a slow process. Um, and when people come into the store, uh, it's not an instant cup of coffee that they're getting. It's not, you're not going to Starbucks and, and getting a coffee uh, within 30 seconds. Um, how, how have people adapted to that uh, longer process? And, and did it take a while for people to be more used to uh, kind of waiting a few minutes to get a cup of coffee? Oh, certainly. <clears throat> In the beginning, uh, you were you were dealing with the uh, diner style of coffee. You know, somebody come in and they just they wanted a cup of coffee, and to have to wait for a French press to be brewed or uh, even back then a pour over or something like that. It's a you know five ten minute process sometimes. Um, since then we've we've changed a little bit. We've actually brought in a, a bulk brewer that we can dial in exactly how it brews and, and get a cup of coffee that's just as much uh, artisan. Uh, crafted as the pour over or the French press was and uh, that helped with speed of service that helped a lot so it takes it takes both I would say uh, the customers had to had to change and then we had to change and we came together and we, we brought them a product that uh, we think they're very happy with and we sell a lot of it so. yeah I'm definitely very happy with the product and and my parents every time they come to visit that's the first place we go so um, let's talk about how you guys uh, actually give back to the environment as well um, all of your cups are biodegradable right or, or they're Correct. green um, and and what made you want to head in that direction and and how have you also encouraged people to um, reuse uh, some of your products well you know, it's we all live here, so we better pay attention. Um, and then, you know, we want people to to bring their own cups. There is a ten percent discount of you know reusing a cup. Um, we don't offer, and that's on you know if you get a cup of coffee and then come back with the same cup, and we refill that cup, you know, it's ten percent off. So it's just sort of like, hey, um, be cognizant of what you're doing. Um, and then for reusing bottles and, and things like that, it just made sense. It's just very simple. Uh, we first started out filling, uh, using mason jars for our, for our whole beans. And, you know, the, once we grew to a certain size, uh, that became kind of next to impossible to keep up with. Um, also dealing with... Uh, uh, the company uh, Ball Jars was uh, Jardin Brands was kind of difficult. Um, well, there was also a safety concern too. We had yeah. an issue where during the degassing process, Carol yeah. mentioned that before yeah. with the beans, um, they degas into that jar, and, and uh, just, <laughs> you get a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of pressure. We so didn't have any jars break, but we had lids fly off. Yeah, <laughs> so it was it was uh, real interesting. But it, you know, we still have people that bring back in the jars, and that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've, we've, we recycle, we, we always want to do more, but it's always like we recycled, we used to drive to Waxahachie to recycle all of our, uh, our glass and then places slowly started around us, started closing the recycling and it became, I mean, we would take truckloads, little truckloads, um, to there and it just, you know, we offer, uh, grounds to anybody who wants them, you know, spent coffee grounds. And, you know, if someone wants them, they can have them. Um, so we're always cognizant of doing that. Uh, and it's it's important to us. And, you know, it's not one thing that we can all just do on our own. 
It's uh, all do by ourselves. We got to do it together. Oh, that's great. Um, so you guys, you've got two locations right now. Mm -hmm. uh, do you see more in the future? For sure, certainly. Yeah. Uh, in and do you see yourself expanding outside of Fort Worth um, or staying in the area? Yeah. Both. Both. Yeah. yeah cool. We, we want to expand in both areas. I mean, we're we have you know we have customers from uh, was it Corpus Christi all the way up to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, we send more coffee all, all over the United States. So it's great that people are coming and enjoying Avoca. And we know that building the company and that sort of community that we build, uh, we can share that with more people. And that's not just a, a, a line or something, just, you know, it's something that they actually know. So, uh, and we help other, you know, people who have coffee aspirations to do that as well. You know, we have customers who, they really like what we do. They may want to do their own thing, but they're definitely looking at us as a model of like, wow, we'd like to be able to do that. So, um, you know, from treating our employees uh, like people, you know, we're uh, we're in the service industry, but we're not servants. So that's super important to me and to Jimmy and to everyone that we work with. Um, yeah, just this last year, we got to reach one of our, our major goals, which is uh, being able to offer health care for you know, full-time employees. And that's been very helpful for a lot of them. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, we're, you know, we have, there's 34 of us, and we started out with four of us, and now we keep growing, and we're able to offer health care. And soon, hopefully, um, 401K, and, and we're working on it. You know, don't hold me to a timeline on that, but... Um, that's it's a goal for us and it's it's not a it's not just lip service again it's that's part of we're building something and something that people can be proud of to be part of and because we're we're proud to be part of it i think that's great it's uh you know, I, th I think a lot of times it is kind of lip service when you when you hear people talk about that kind of stuff. And uh, so I strongly encourage anyone to go check out Avoca, uh, one of my favorite places in Fort Worth. Um, I just have one last question for you guys. Do you have any words of advice um, to anyone that wants to get into the coffee business? Um, do you is there one piece of advice that you would give someone uh, who wants to follow that path? Well, mine's not for necessarily coffee business. It's anybody who wants to get into business. You've got to be willing to put in a lot of time. It takes a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of faculties. Um, don't don't think that you're going to get to, you know, work at that cush shift. Eight and nine to five, eight to five doesn't exist when you own a business. So that would be mine. And for you, Gerald, get in the coffee business. Um, I would say. Uh, talking about practice yeah practice but other than practice um is what we're talking about it's uh it's all about you got to love what you do um and you got to be and it's not about you it's about you handing that product over to somebody else and having them enjoy it you're making something for somebody else and the more you can take yourself out of it and and you know, almost be what you'd say zen about it. It's um, the better you'll be at it. So uh, having other people, it's not about you. It's about the customer, and you make sure that you do what you did with excellence. 
All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on. I, I really appreciate the time. I know you're both very busy. Uh, so I appreciate you sitting down and talking with me. And, and again, just encourage people to go check out your spot. Perfect. Thank you very much. Thank you. That interview with the guys from Avoca was brought to you by the Culinary School of Fort Worth. Located on Camp Bowie Boulevard, the Culinary School of Fort Worth is helping future chefs pursue their dreams every single day. You can reach out for more information or to schedule a tour on their website at csftw.edu. That's csftw.edu. Or you can reach them by phone at 817-737-8427. That's 817-737-8427. And ask for Amy or James. Also, you can check them out on social media to see what's going on daily at the school at Culinary School of Fort Worth on Facebook and Culinary School FTW on Instagram.